There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome back to the show about money. It is Hi-Fi Radio. Your host is Wolfgang Klein, moi OC. And again, Jack is away. And so in his place, well, I brought uh, a man of wisdom, a man of experience, a man with some, a lot of hair, but it's gray. And it's a good thing. His name's Fred Farncombe. Fred, uh, welcome to Hi-Fi Radio. Thanks, Wolfie. Always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so it's your debut on radio with us. Uh, you're going to do great, Fred. We're going to have a fun time. Uh, we are going to speak with Robert Jukes, our uh, international strategist who's in London. Uh, in just find out what's going on around the world, and then we're going to speak with uh, Howard of uh, Taste of the Danforth, a big event that's taking place this weekend. Um, it's great for business, uh, and of course, it's a show about business, about making money uh, at all levels, uh, the local level and the international level. So let's take the macro overview. Let's get international, take a little flight across the pond with Robert Jukes. How are you, my friend? Ah, oh, very well, very well. How are you? Very well, thank you. You are in London. How are things in that beautiful city of yours? Well, it started to cool down uh, the last couple of days. We've had some rain this morning as I cycled into the office, but uh, other than that, it's... Uh Hey, it's August, you know. I didn't want to read the report. I want no business. It's a business show. Man. So how are things in London? <laughs> business. Well, the, things in London are pretty much the same as they are uh, in Canada, I guess. I mean, the markets uh, are sort of uh, going sideways, if you want to be kind, over the summer. And um, I suppose the, the thing in London that's different is we're contending with, with, the, um, with Brexit, which is fast uh, coming upon us. Yeah, well, what's what's the update on breakfast? Sorry, so that sort of went that story went to the by by to, to the side of the road for some time here. So well, give, guess, us, give us a quick update. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the, the uh, Theresa May seems to have calmed the thing down, and now it's starting to flare up again. Was would that be true, Robert? Yeah, she had a good go at putting a lid on it all um, uh, a couple of months ago, but uh, as the as the deadline for negotiating an agreement. To leave is is fast approaches. The timeline means that really she needs to get something agreed with her own party uh, September October. Yeah. So she's got the uh, she's got the summer period to, to do that uh, while they're all on uh, on holiday, so they're not in Parliament. They can't cause too much trouble. Uh, and she's not really making a lot of progress, which is causing some concerns. So we had one of her cabinet ministers just last week saying, for example, that. Um, he thinks that the most likely outcome now is a no-deal outcome. Yeah. And that's kind of spooked markets a bit. So sterling's uh, been off, particularly against the U.S. dollar. Um, uh, most, but, a lot, and, but a lot of currencies are at the, at the same time, right, Robert? Yeah, but I mean, I suppose the Canadian dollar is interesting, right? Against the, the U.S. dollar, you'd expect... Just, and, and the Australian dollar, the New Zealand dollar, uh, the, 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 the yuan, Chinese yuan, of course... Uh, there's a bit of a renewed love affair with the U.S. dollar for some reason, eh, Freddie? It looks like it. I'm a little surprised. And then you take a look at oil prices. They were very firm last week. And uh, you saw very little performance or modest performance from the Canadian dollar. Uh, there seems to be a disassociation. Maybe that's politically driven with oil and uh, with the Canadian political environment being what it is. But is it the Canadian oil stocks just don't seem to be getting any love? <laughs> 
No, they don't. No, no, no. So, so Robert, uh, here we are, middle of August. Um, again, from an international perspective, uh, taking it back to a Canadian investor, um, equity markets. Uh, how much of Canadians' money do you think should be overseas? Uh, and how would you place those investments for a moderate, you know, 50-something or 60-something-year-old investor? I think the majority uh, should be overseas. Um, Canada, if you're uh, a global investor, Canada uh, represents a relatively small part of the global um, uh, portfolio. Two or three percent. Yeah, Yeah. but um, I would be looking to increase that from here as uh, proximity towards the end of the cycle uh, starts to to, um, uh, to, to narrow in. So I I think um, we're still going to get some positive returns out of equities through to the end of the cycle. But um, those risks are going to to rise from here, as they usually do. And um, I think that kind of volatility means that you need to smooth that where you can. uh, And that partly means addressing currency risk. And um, uh, I think the the other uh, reason for maybe having a little more in Canada than you might normally towards the end of the cycle is it's normally where the Canadian... Uh, market starts to outperform, particularly yeah. against the, the U.S. And, and that, of course, is the late cycle commodity play, which uh, I'm sure you're all very familiar with. Though, but not you know, working. It, it's that. not working, Robert. That's the point. Like Fred's, Fred's oil stocks, he's not too, uh, uh, shall I say, uh, his, his viscosity. <laughs> his viscosity <laughs> is not at his peak when it comes to the Crinacruza. I, I own some, some copper, Dr. Copper, through my Freeport. Uh, not working. Uh, look at Barrick Gold. It makes new lows. Uh, so this late cycle commodity thing, I don't know. Look at Tesla. Look at Amazon. Look at Facebook. Even Facebook's making a comeback. Uh, there I see money flows. I see love. Uh, so the trend is your friend being a contrarian. Boy, oh boy, it can, well, you, you got to be wrong, I guess, to be right well, sometimes. We wrote, a, we wrote a note on this uh, last week uh, called Not the Doctor Channeling Alanis Morissette. Uh, and, of course, that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was with reference to the Dr. Copper uh, moniker that's often sort of Conveyed on 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 that uh, area of the uh, the, the metals right. commodities. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Copper. So um, just just interrupt. Copper is known to have a PhD in economics because copper is used in so many different applications, from 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 obviously wire to buildings to automotive, so to batteries. So so copper matters when it's in demand. You got a strong economy. When it's not in demand, you got a weak economy. Uh, Duke, do me a favor. Hold your thoughts. We got to do what we have to do here in broadcast and uh, run a few commercials, friendly uh, announcements from our very fine sponsors. Please do support those sponsors. Uh, uh, Hi-Fi Radio with Fred Farncom, Wolfgang Klein. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back, Hi-Fi Radio, connected with London. Robert Jukes, our international strategist, has graciously given us some of his very valuable time as it's paid in pounds, not loonies. So it costs us twice as much to have a guy like him around. So it's a real treat to have him on Hi-Fi Radio. And uh, of course, Fred Farncom is filling in for Jack, who is away yet again. 
Oh, my goodness me. I must be a good guy to work for, eh, Fred? I guess so, Wolfie. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Robert, um, I, I want to come back to something you, you, you've referenced a few times now. Um, uh, as the cycle comes to an end, the economic cycle, the business cycle, everything is cyclical. Uh, so, um, based on your work and uh, uh, intelligence, um, when do you think the economic cycle will end and the big bad bear come back roaring at us? That's a really, really hard question to answer. So um, if you take a quantitative view, um, and we've had a go at this in a number of different ways, you're essentially looking to uh, predict the timing of something where you've got about maybe half a dozen observations, Mm -hmm. maybe a few more over the last 50 years. So statistically, it's just a really, really hard nut to crack. Um, I think more anecdotally and looking at uh, some of the other data we were talking about earlier on copper, for example, Mm -hmm. we can get the sense that um, all is not what it could be for this stage of the cycle in terms of demand. So um, we were noting the relationship that copper has with um, the economy. Well, actually, all of those examples that you gave are are related to industrial production. Yes. Uh, And industrial production is only one part of GDP, so mm-hmm. a small part actually in the UK. Uh, it may be a little bit bigger in, in Canada, but it, copper has no bearing on services pretty much. Right. And, yeah. uh, and that's the, and that's the, the missing... Hey, the missing wait, I just had an epiphany, my friend. Canada eliminated the penny. So maybe that copper supply is is, 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 is that possible? I don't know. I'm just thinking outside the box. Oh, it's hi-fi God. radio. It's oh, early in the morning. Wolfie. I know, I know. All right. I've, st- I've still got hundreds of those pennies still at home, Wolfie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've said you have them in your office oh, as well, Fred. God. Oh, God, yeah. I'm everywhere, everywhere. Hey, on, a, on a, another note here, just because I've never been to London, but I've always wanted to go and hang out in an hey, English hey, pub. Hey, you know something? Go with Robert. We, and I guess we were there, <laughs> what, nine or, nine or ten months ago, Robert? Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was fun. Went to Levin, uh, Levin Hall uh, Market. Uh, definitely yeah. had a tour of that. Robert showed us the oldest pub in Britain. That was just across the river, yeah. was it not? In London, yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, he killed my wife and I Ooh. with his hospitality. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Uh, we had a fantastic time. Now, did you learn anything? Um, yes. What did you learn, Fred? I, I can't remember. You can't remember? Most <laughs> of it is a haze right now. <laughs> no, no, Fred, since, since, since we have you in the studio, and it's funny, Robert, we have to poke a little fun here at Freddie because he's... Uh, I don't know when he's going to come back. Uh, <laughs> probably when Jack's away again. But, uh, Freddie, how long have you been in the business? Uh, I'm going to say 30 years. 30 plus years. 30 plus years, eh? Yep. All right. And what have you learned so far? Uh, that everything changes. Well, that's, does it? What do you think about that, Robert? Does everything change? Does everything remain the same? Because I, I believe you know, the stock market, although the, the, the ticker symbols <clears throat> change, it's human emotions that drive it, and nothing truly has changed. Jesse Livermore says it's the same old, same old, uh, just different participants. It's fear and greed. It's, yeah, it's supply I, and demand. I, I think there's, there's something in that. I think uh, uh, the market is always going to be the cruelest mistress. And uh, I, yeah. I think. What do you think of that one, Fred? The cruelest well, mistress. I like no, that. but it's interesting, Wolfie. You sit there and you you constantly are drawing, or not constantly, but you're drawing in the resources, and you're talking about copper. But, you know, copper's sort of old hat right now. You've got an entirely different service-based economy. You take a look at the world right now, and it's driven more by the Amazons and the Googles of the world than the Freeport McMorans. 
Uh, I just, I, I, that's the change I'm referring to. Well, you know, what change I like is because, because, because the change is in fact not, it isn't change. And, and the change is when you have this new phenomena coming out, for example, with the egg stocks, the, um, the, the pot ashes, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. the world, yeah. uh, this whole new phenomena, uh, came to justify the story about 10 years ago that the world has to eat, that the world isn't, is, is, is urbanizing, that China is, is taking people from agrarian society to industrial society, uh, and they're going to eat more protein, and eat more protein, you need more egg, and the world's going to population expand, yada, yada, yada. And then the story dies, supply response kicks in, and prices fall. Uh, so it, nothing has changed. These manias come, these manias go, and everything ends up coming yep. down to supply, yep. demand, and, and fair valuations. And I want to talk about valuations, the price of stocks, um, and if, in fact, it is too late to come to the stock market and buy equities, or if you should wait for the end of cycle correction to uh, put money into the marketplace. Uh, we're going to pay some bills here on Hi-Fi Radio. Get right back with Fred Farncombe and Robert Jukes, who is standing by in London right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Oh, Sid. You know, there's a funny story behind that song, eh, Freddie? Apparently, the, the, the Sex Pistols were out on a barge or a boat in the, I don't know, the English Channel or yeah. somewhere, and the, and, the, and the Queen's yacht uh, the was, out, was out to sea. Yeah. And they figured to rattle her a little bit, they, they do just that song live and, and played it to Is that her. right? Yes, it was, yeah. I don't know what she did. Issued them a citation. I don't know what happened, but it's a very, very funny story. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it is. It was just like, you know, what was really great entertainment this year? What's that? It was the Royal Wedding. It, 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 you it, didn't. You didn't watch it. What did you you know something. My show, Hi-Fi Radio, Freddie, was preempted because oh, of the royal my, wedding. Oh my god! So, so the queen got or the excuse me, was it the, the who got married? Fill me in here. You know more about that. I do, Freddie. Within their names, uh, was uh, it Prince Harry? Prince uh, Harry got married, right? Uh, to Meghan Markle. There you go. And uh, uh, it was it was a very humorous event. Well, like Robert, well, like, would you agree? Uh, I I found the sermon quite humorous. <laughs> That's exactly you what found I'm the refer- what the referring we were referring to. The sermon went on; it rambled on for about twenty four minutes, and it was not of the most traditional of senses. Would you say that's an understatement, Robert? I think it was very untraditional, and I think it was. It certainly went over time. I don't think they scheduled that length of time. Oh, you could just so, see the audience was uncomfortable. Anyway, back to business. Back Wolfie. to business. High fire radio. You got the you got the fidelity in there. We're getting some humor in here, and uh, let's just talk about valuations, Robert. Um, Let's just say an individual inherited a million dollars or you won the 649 or you've been saving money because a lot of people are stockpiling cash. I got, I'm getting calls from clients frequently that I got a million dollars in the bank, I got two million bucks in the bank, I don't know what to do with it. Um, Robert, at these valuation levels as we're getting later into the economic cycle, which I think gets extended by the way, and I think it's going to run for another couple of years, but you know, uh, as, as Robert said, no one truly knows. As such, pay attention to the tape and as things change, you know, bend with the trend. That's what we try to do here at uh, uh, Hi-Fi Radio and Jack and I with our clients' portfolios. But uh, right here, right now, what, what, what's your opinion on value in the market? You know, Amazon, Facebook, copper stocks, Fred's oil stocks, you name it. 
All right. So I think, I think the market as a whole uh, offers. Um, it's not. It's not expensive. I don't think. Um, so uh, there's. I think a little headroom left for it to uh, to pull high. We've had a very good earnings season. Uh, the, we had a the, remarkable uh, earnings season in, in, yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's historic earnings yeah. season, Robert. Sorry, yeah. No, we have, and and actually, the earnings season has been so good that it really uh, is comparable to maybe the kind of an earnings season you'd expect to see as an economy emerges out of recession. Yeah. Then things kind of quieten down a little bit. Um, before uh, you know the end of the the cycle, this has just been extraordinary because it's just in the wrong place in, in the cycle, uh, and I, I think that's that's got a double-edged sword. Um, it, it, it's I think is incredibly likely that things don't get better from here, so things start to deteriorate because you just can't keep yeah. having this extraordinary level of, uh, of results and beats. And, well, no, you know, sorry, I want to interject because you make a very valid point because, again, Donald Trump lowered corporate taxes in America from, what, 35%, I think, down to 20, 22%. 22%. Yeah. And so that 10 or 12% is flowing right to the bottom line. Yeah. Warren Buffett spoke about it directly, how his, his, his valuation instantly went up by, what, 10 or 12%. Yeah. But the point that Robert's making here is because of that, that that's a one-time tax cut, and you can't repeat that, so it's now baked in. Now how do you grow from here? The rate of change is what you're talking. You're talking about rate of change, basically. It's going to it's going to uh, diminish. Yeah, you still you still got growth next year, and you have perfectly respectable earnings growth forecasts um, penciled in uh, around about ten percent uh, by analysts. If you're looking for next year's uh, numbers, but the longer term relationship between earnings growth and stock market returns centers around, in the U.S. anyway, around about that 10% earnings growth. So you need, you need really, historically, more than 10% earnings to, to generate positive returns. Now, I, I still think we'll get positive returns um, for the rest of this year and, and maybe into the beginning of next. But things get a little more difficult, I think, from, from there on in. Uh, so you've got a number of things that will start working against uh, investors uh, equity investors as we are coming towards the end of the cycle. So to draw a few of these threads together that we've been um, um, throwing around, uh, for my view, I think the end of the cycle uh, could be as close as six months away. It may be further than that, but uh, I've shortened my window to about a rolling six-month window uh, because of the, the uncertainty has risen as far as um, I can see. And it's things like um, copper that we were talking about earlier on has had a terrible July um, and June, not a great August. And uh, that's normally consistent with, a, with that kind of a moving copper is normally consistent with uh, a fall in industrial production growth. That's not GDP growth, that's industrial production growth. Mm-hmm. So that all points for me towards slower growth next year, both on corporate earnings uh, and, and on the, the top line numbers for, for, for the economy. And that's going to be a much more challenging environment for for companies to make money, uh, to grow beyond their earnings beyond 10%, which is required to to generate positive returns. So I think volatility goes up yet further next year as well. Now, here's the opportunity. I think if, um, to draw another thread, um, if you believe that um, things really are the same, that the markets are just a repeating same old, same old, then we've yet to have that Canadian outperformance that is normally driven on the back of uh, a commodity rally towards into the end of the, 
the cycle. So if you still believe that we're waiting for that, then yes, for your investor that you talked about, I'd be looking to invest in equities, a a balanced portfolio, have some bonds, be internationally diversified. But I would have more of an eye to risk today than I would have done last year. Uh, And that maybe means... Uh, for me, anyway, becoming more cautious in my positioning, more of that towards Canada as the home country, more of that towards bonds. Right. Um, uh, as we go in towards where you know the end of that six-month rolling horizon, so right. the end of that six-month horizon, which I will review uh, on an ongoing basis, because the the job of predicting the next recession is a pretty much a fool's errand. And we do it because we. We know we think we, you know, it's what we should be doing. We should sure be is. objective. You, you go to a pub, you, you hang out with Freddie in a day. pub, and you figure this stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, uh, Robert, we have to uh, hop here, my good friend. We got uh, the Taste of the Danforth taking place this weekend, so we're going to interview Howard from that. But uh, it was good chatting with you, Robert Jukes, live in London. And uh, well, as the uh, uh, wisdom yeah, of Wall, as the wi- as, all of those on the Danforth. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but as as the wisdom on Wall Street says, history does not necessarily repeat. It rhymes. Hi-Fi Radio, we'll be back right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, I don't know if you're going to hear that song on uh, Taste of the Danforth this weekend, uh, but certainly uh, North by Northeast uh, was very much involved in setting up some stages, uh, also presented by OLG, the Greek stage. Uh, Yes, this weekend, uh, Taste of the Danforth taking place. 1.6 million attendees uh, participated, I think it was last year. Uh, This event has now been going on for over 25 years. It began with only 5,000 people walking up and down the Danforth having a souvlaki. Uh, now is basically, I think, internationally recognized. Uh, and to learn more about Taste of Danforth, we're joined today by uh, Howard. Uh, what, what is your role with the company and the event, Howard? A spokesperson, one of the uh, organizers, been around for 10 years. We've morphed from becoming a Greek festival to being Canada's largest street festival. We're a multicultural festival with a dollop of tzatziki on top. You know, it it, it, it it certainly has become a brand, and so much so. I, I, I live in the Kingsway, and they're trying to replicate your event in the Kingsway, and it's called the Taste of the Kingsway. Um, and a lot of people come from, you know, outside the area. Uh, and you actually often shows up that, uh, that that's a bit concerning to me as a neighbor, or, or some thugs, uh, some bad kids show up to these events and start to rough up the people trying to have a good time. Uh, I don't think that takes place at Taste of Danforth. Uh, yeah, we're known as a family-friendly event. We've got, you know, food, $6 tasting menus. We've got a kid's fun zone, entertainment stages that are free. We've got a sports zone with Leafs, Raptors, Argos, Toronto FC, and Toronto Rock. We've got Bohemian Rhapsody Karaoke. I want you to come on down this weekend. I want to hear you sing. Uh, I'm into that. Hey, Freddie. <laughs> Wolfie, little, I don't do, know. Do little, I don't. Do little, <laughs> Wolfie. Little, but no, Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Apparently. Absolutely. The movie's co- coming out in the uh, fall, so we've got a tribute band on the celebrity stage, but we also have this whole karaoke and photo experience. You can become Freddie. We'll give you sunglasses. We'll give you the mustache. You can look great. Nice. You know, in, in a world of big box retail, you know, and Freddie's, one of Freddie's favorite stores to shop at is... Costco. Costco. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fred loves big box, and so he yeah. buys his Parmesan cheese and his olive oil. And that's, uh, that's the only, it was on the way up the cottage, stopped there, and everybody knows me there now. 
Stock's doing great. Yep. Uh, do, you own, do, you own, do you own the stock, Fred? Yeah, I own the stock. You're still long Costco, eh? Yeah. Um, it has not been Amazon, but but it's more and more businesses are getting Amazon. More yeah. and more businesses are directing us online. Uh, brick and mortar, uh, a thing, you know, of the of, of, of the dodo bird in some ways. However, when it comes to uh, a night out, when it comes to uh, uh, dining, we are spending more dollars out of the kitchen than we ever have. More in, more time in restaurants than we ever have. Uh, and again, we see the effect of chain um, restaurants. And, <clears throat> well, chain, chain restaurants are just that, whereas Taste of Danforth is not that. They're a bunch of independent, small business owners um, uh, banding together through what's called a BIA, a Business yep. Improvement Association. And these are actually really neat little associations, Fred, because yeah. uh, they exist all over the city. Um, Queen West would have one, I assume. Absolutely. The Kingsway has yeah. one, I know that. Absolutely. And, and the Danforth has one. I think you have probably one of the largest BIs. So, so how many members, uh, how many local businesses are involved in putting this event together, and, and how has it grown over the years? Well, so we've got about a couple hundred uh, restaurateurs and retailers that are part of it. It started off with a bunch of you know local Greek restaurateurs at the time sitting around and going, why don't people come? Great food, great pricing. And some university student said, well, if you advertised on on a great radio station like 640, then maybe uh, they would come. So the guy said, I don't have enough money. So they said, well, why don't you pool your money? So if I pool my money, they go to your restaurant instead of mine. So they said, well, we won't invite them to the restaurant. We'll have tasting tables outside and we'll sell little, you know, tasting items so they can experience everything. And hence, the Taste of Danforth was born. You know another district was like that that, that I was introduced to? is the one on Kennedy Road out in Scarborough. Uh, they had that retail strip, I think from Lawrence to Eglinton, uh, electronics, furniture, and it became a, a, a real hub Again, I'm speaking back in the 80s and 90s, yeah. I don't think it has the same impact today. But again, Danforth continues to have that. Um, but again, the city's changing. The city's getting more congested. The first thing that crosses my mind when I think about your event, because I'm out in the West End, so to go to the East End mm-hmm. in traffic as it is today is not the funnest thing to do. No. Um, parking. What are you doing for the event for parking? So from a parking perspective, we say TTC, better way. We've got three subway stops. So, you know, we've got the one at Jones. We have the one at, sorry, we have one at Pape. We have it at Chester. We have it at, at Broadview. Uh, you can take a, uh, an Uber to the festival and park your you know, car a, a little bit further away. We have everything. It's sort of family-friendly and free. We even have for Freddie over here, you said he was a Costco fan. Mm-hmm. Well, one of our sponsors this year is Costco. She can come <laughs> visit our Costco booth. We really do have everything. Yeah. Isn't that something? Uh, we are in studio here with Howard. He is with the uh, Taste of the Danforth event that's taking place this weekend. I encourage you to go support the local businesses and, of course, uh, the tragic uh, event that took place uh, a few weeks ago is going to be certainly um, highlighted, shall I say, uh, and the victims will be um, remembered. And so let's talk about that right after the break. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, if you don't know what to do this weekend, I'm going to be Rick Mercer right now. Why not take the TTC over to the Danforth, get off at Pape, or what are the other two uh, stops? Chester and uh, and Broadview. That's Howard Lichman, by the way. He is with the Taste of the Danforth. Uh, so, yes, indeed. Take a, take a subway ride uh, to the Danforth, and for six bucks, you can taste uh, the cuisine of a vendor and another six bucks gets you some more food and 18 bucks gets you three meals uh sounds like a good deal to me i, I ordered some taken chinese food last night it cost me 45 bucks and uh, half of it wasn't even any good nope. uh 45 bucks 
Tasted in for six bucks. Boy, I could have gotten uh, a lot nine, of food. Nine meals. You nine, could have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but you know what number is amazing? Uh, is, is the economic impact uh, this event now creates. Uh, it's been estimated by the government uh, that some $160 million in, in, in aggregate economic impact as a result of Taste of the Antwerp that's taking place this weekend. That's a very big number. Yeah, so we generate about $106 million in economic impact, and the government only measures tourists. Um, now, 38% of the attendees, or about 600,000 of them, are actually traveling 40 kilometers or more to come. So it's absolutely a magnet for the um, city. But what they don't measure is those small restaurateurs and retailers that are actually, it's make or break or survival for them from a revenue perspective. Um, that's not even in that number. So it truly has a, a great impact on the city. Well, look, um, one of the reasons why I brought you in uh, today, Howard, uh, Howard Lichtman from uh, Taste of Danforth, of course, is because of a tragic event that took place uh, on July 22nd. So uh, Taste of Danforth will be having a special opening ceremony in memory of the violent attack that took place on Sunday, July 22nd. Um, and uh, the uh, uh, ceremony is going to be followed by a rendition of Alleluia. Uh, that was a... Leonard Cohen song, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to be sung by a local 18-year-old Danforth resident named Alexander Stewart. Um, have you heard Alexander Stewart sing Alleluia? Yes, because um, I helped organize uh, the vigil that sort of uh, happened, I guess it must have been two Wednesdays ago, where we started off uh, at the church where it all ended. And then we brought them uh, all the way to the Alexander uh, Parquet where it began, almost sort of taking back the street, the candlelight vigil, vigil. And we had him sing that night. It was quite moving. As we're doing something special uh, for the opening ceremonies uh, tomorrow night, we also thought it would be you know, great to have him back. Well, yeah, and you also could acknowledge the, the heroic actions of the first responders. I think that's very, very important. Yeah, we, we feel that the first responders, we're going to be honoring them because without them, we think more people uh, would have gotten injured. And we're also honoring what I call the unofficial first responders because there were people that were restaurateurs and waiters and just strangers that helped others, and they deserve some applause as well. In terms of attendance, um, because of this tragic event, uh, do, do you think it's going to have an impact on attendance? And if so, which way? Yeah, we actually think it's going to be the you know the biggest year ever. We, we you know it's the 25th anniversary. We had an incredible program beforehand. Lots of people have reached out to us, emails, phone calls, and, and just telling us. And the interesting part about the, about the Danforth, unlike where I live, I live in a neighborhood like you guys live in a neighborhood. But people look at the Danforth and they feel it's their neighborhood in addition to their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. They go, I was there for a, a dinner last week. They go, I was at a, I was you know at, at, at a you know a, an anniversary celebration there, a birthday. People feel it's it, it's it's there theirs as well and I think that's the warmth of the community so we actually think record-baking crowds well you, you know it's incredible because Toronto the our, our GTA uh, it, it has over 200,000 um, uh, Greek residents uh, it is the third largest uh, Greek community outside of Greece yeah incredible eh? yeah, it is uh, the, the other tidbit that I caught was very interesting uh, is uh, the, the plate throwing right Greeks at the weddings likes used to like to pl throw plates but it was banned it was banned in 1969, uh, according to your, uh, your, your press yeah, release here. Yeah. So I said, no, why was it banned? So I had to go on the, onto, uh, the internet and Google, my stock I own, by the way. I want to yeah. use Google a little bit here. And apparently there was a dictator, uh, Georgios Papadopoulos. It's always Anopoulos, right? Papadopoulos. Yeah. He was a dictator. 
And he's, uh, the, the reason was uh, throwing up plates was, was a sign of wealth and a sign of conspicuous consumption. So yeah, being a yeah, dictator, he wanted no yeah. wealth to be shown. So apparently he had to change the plates, I think now to cheap ceramics or something. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they throw flowers now. So the idea was, so one view was conspicuous consumption. Yeah. I'm so wealthy, I don't need to wash the plates. I can just buy new ones. The other that most people would tell you was to scare off the uh, evil spirits. We've sort of brought it back. We work with the rage room. We'll give you a plate. You get to mark down the name of a person or something that's making you really angry with a marker. And then we've got this old-fashioned, like, iron fireplace. And you yeah, get yeah. to sort of throw the plate at the fireplace and get rid of all of your rage and just go, come out smiling. Isn't that something? And you um, have that on the Danforth? We've got lots of free great experiences. Isn't that super? That's a great idea. Well, we'll, yeah. talk, we'll talk more about that because let's hope that the economic impact can exceed the $160 million. Uh, you know, it's good for everyone in Toronto. Uh, Howard Lichman's in studio. Uh, he is with Taste of the Danforth, the 25th uh, anniversary taking place this weekend. Uh, if you're out and about and you want a $6 meal, no better value than that, my good no. friend, eh, Freddie? No. Freddie, of course, will be going up to his Muskoka's rough, rough. <sighs> Indeed. Hi-Fi Radio, my good friends. We'll be right back with Howard Lichtman of Taste of the Danforth and Fred Farkham. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Opa! I feel like I'm in Mykonos right now, overlooking the sea, temperatures rising, sun's out, I'm going to yeah, enjoy myself. But that's not the case, I am doing Hi-Fi Radio, Wolfgang Klein in studio with Fred Farncombe filling in for Jack Hartle, and we have Howard Lichman in studio talking to us about Taste of the Danforth, uh, once a very uh, Greek-centric event, trying some Greek food, uh, a little Greek culture, but this event has changed, um, and it is now become a celebration of Canada's multiculturalism. Correct, Howard? You got, you know, highlights. The, this year you got with the Celebrity Stage. Uh, you got some Cuban bands, Aboriginal singers, 40 Bollywood dancers. You even have Mr. and Miss Asia Toronto pageant competition. Um, Let's Dance program. Freddie, look, we, we, you and I, Freddie, can learn different cultural dances, apparently. We can learn Chinese dance. We can learn South Asian dance. We can learn Filipino dance, Egyptian, Greek, Japanese, Israel, all on the Danforth for free this weekend. Absolutely, lots of just not fun. for me, Wolfie. Not for me. It's, it's whatever you want. Whatever you want to do. You want to dance. You want to karaoke, Bohemian Rhapsody, sing. If you're into DIY, we have an art on sneakers where we're doing a another competition where white canvas sneakers. You get to do TOD D25, our anniversary, or Bohemian Rhapsody, and they're at the professional artists competing. But if you're not in professional competition, we've got 3D sneakers that you can you know create and uh, you know p- paint up. It's just lots of fun. For for everybody. What, what do you think is going to be the highlight uh, of the weekend? I think the nicest part is the fact that it's reflective of, you know, the, the multicultural mosaic and just seeing, you know, the people walking down the, the streets, you know, smiling and yeah. being happy uh, as long as, you know, um, Zeus, the, you know, the, the, the sort of weather gods mm-hmm. are good to us, going to be incredible. And but I you, did send him an email asking it. You know, it's funny because uh, you mentioned the word <coughs> Zeus and my, my kids are still taught Greek mythology. Uh, yeah. Incredible, eh? Yeah. Greek mythology. Yeah. But they're not learning Latin. 
No, and apparently the, <laughs> well, and apparently the whole uh, the sex education uh, curriculum is about yes, to change. Yes, apparently it's There's a big yep, uproar on that yep, one. Yep. Uh, but that's for a different show. This is Hi-Fi Radio. We are trying to talk money here uh, with Howard from Taste of the Danforth. Um, tell me something. In that three-block area, how many restaurants actually exist? You know what? Uh, because you're a money guy and a facts and figures guy, it's about a little short of three kilometers. I don't know the actual numbers, so I, I'm hesitant to, to say a couple hundred. Couple hundred restaurants in three blocks. You think on both sides? Of the no, yeah, it's it's three kilometers. So it's like it's, it's like it's from all the way from Broadview all the way to Jones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else do you want to tell us about the? Let's talk about charity because uh, I'm, I'm very big on charitable giving. And by the way, uh, I will be sleeping on the streets of Toronto uh, November fifteenth for Covenant House. Oh, super! Um, I'm trying to raise fifteen thousand um, dollars. So I please encourage Hi-Fi listeners to uh, go to the Covenant House website. Uh, look for Wolfgang Klein. I am one of the donors. In fact, and I, I'm in first place right now. I think there's 25 participants. I, I have wow. raised the most amount of money so far, thanks to my listeners at Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, Fred, I'm still waiting for your donation, by the way, and uh, it'll be coming, I'm sure. Uh, but no, it's for a very good cause. Um, there's homelessness all over the city. Absolutely. There's homelessness in the Danforth. There's homeless even in Rosedale, Freddie. And I see in the Kingsway. It's incredible. Uh, when I go to Sunday church, it's not that frequent when I do. Every Sunday, there's a man outside the church. Um, yep. Asking yeah. for some money on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So and it, it matters. Yeah. Uh, so please support all the good causes. But in terms of charity, uh, Greektown gives back to the community. Profits donated to charity. And you, you've donated north of about $2 million now to the Toronto East Hospital. Yeah, so so the, it's the big Greek heart. Constantine Vona Nicholas, who's the chair of the board, you know, keeps on um, telling us. And what people don't realize, we're unlike all those other festivals, it's basically Dino's chair of the board. He's a volunteer. Um, I get a couple a couple of uh, pennies. There's another there's another full time paid person. We run the whole festival really lean and mean at, at a fraction of what other festivals cost. And we do that because the delta between the costs and the revenue that we bring in, we actually uh, not we, but you know Constantine and the board and the Greek town give to charity. But it is free to, to attend the event. It's it's free to attend, but our sponsors pay. Our our restaurateurs and retailers, uh, you know, pay to sell to the street. And you know, people, old age homes, local soccer clubs, like you mentioned, the Toronto General Hospital, Sick Kids Hospital. We've even done uh, whiteboards. You know, the, the the intelligent whiteboards for kids with learning disabilities because the TDSB can't can't afford them. Uh, this year, part of our focus, of course, is going to be you know the victims from uh, July twenty second. We've created buttons and T-shirts, uh, which basically say um, uh, Danforth Strong, Toronto Strong Together, which is really how we feel. We feel that we're strong. We feel that together with you know Toronto, we're strong. Asking everybody else to come out and you know be strong with us and, and help support the victims. I love it. I really, it's really great. do. Isn't that great? Yep. yep. Yeah, well, so support uh, the Taste of Danforth, support Wolfgang Klein for Covenant House, November 15th. Come on, I got to make that goal of 15 grand. I can do more than that because you you are generous, my friends. Uh, so please, support it all. Uh, it'll make Toronto a better place. And, you know, Toronto is getting more violent. Uh, the stats are there. Uh, so we have to counter that violence with love. Uh, so let's spread some love this week, my good friends. Uh, Fred Farkham, you did a good job. Thanks, Wolfie. It's been fun here. Yeah. So I'm going to take your little podcast. You're going to send it to uh, Gary Slate, uh, who we asked <laughs> to join us. And, uh, well, I don't know what, what your little high school buddy there, eh? Uh, anyways, I want to wish you all a very good weekend. I want to thank you very much for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday morning, a show about money. We're trying to put a few more shekels or uh, drachma, shall I say, into your pocket. Uh, wish you a very good weekend. 
You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.